I got a, to a bit of a crisis point actually, and you think, wow, these are the most profound, important things that have happened to you. And yet in our culture and in our day-to-day -day lives, we don't have the opportunity to talk about them. For me, I kept thinking, oh, my parents died years ago. My issues aren't my parents, you know, can't be that, because that happened a long time ago. It was like, no, there's like a ton of grief here that's been repressed, that's desperate to be felt mm -hmm. and processed and moved through. Grief is not just an emotional thing, it is a physical thing, a spiritual thing, a you know, emotional, mental thing. So you need to think about how you're gonna take care of yourself. That's such good advice. And, you know, I'm really taking this all in and thinking I really would love to do your course, actually. You know, we don't have to just put our people in a box and forget about them, you know, that have passed away. everyone Catherine here um I just wanted to do a short intro because you will be seeing some videos go up on my Catherine Edwards YouTube channel my holistic biologist YouTube channel and my live love learn podcast where, where I'm talking about kind of sound radio now this is because I've been lucky enough to be invited along on this fantastic radio station kind of sound I'll put all the links below where every two weeks, Wednesday evenings, 5.30pm UK time, I'm pretty sure that's right, yeah, um, I will be interviewing a series of guests on everything to do with animal health, human health, empowering ourselves to live the happiest, longest lives possible. All the advice is going to be really practical for people. And even when we're having the animal shows, you can apply all that advice to yourself and vice versa with the human shows. So for some of these episodes where you hear me talking about kind of sound, that's why, um, because I want the platform to be available to the, the interviews to be available to my people as well. The other thing just to mention is kind of sound radio in the interviews. I invite both my all my guests to introduce two of their favorite songs and explain why they're meaningful to them. Now on the radio show, we have a license, uh, Kind of Sound have a license to play the music, but we're not allowed to do that on YouTube. So in the YouTube versions, the actual music is missing, even though the explanations for why the guests have chosen those songs and what they mean to them are there. So please do feel free to play those songs separately and see how you resonate with them. Thank you for watching these episodes. You're going to love them. We want this message to go out to as many people as possible. And do check out the links below so that those of you that want to look up Kinder Sound, they're doing amazing work. They've got fantastic interviewers. Um, they've got uh, all the details for how you can watch and support them on all their platforms are below. Thank you for watching. So I am delighted to be here. Um, thank you to all the listeners of the Holistic Biologist show with me, your host, Catherine Edwards on Kinder Sound Radio, tuning in every fortnight on a Wednesday evening, 5.30 p.m. UK time. So what can you expect from the Holistic Biologist show? Well, each episode, I'm going to have something completely different for you a beautiful range of guests talking about everything to do with human health, animal health, wellness, stress management, you name it, all those things that 
affect our daily lives, but we want solutions for them. Um, yes, we need to know what's going on in the world. We need to understand what's going on for ourselves. And most importantly, we want to know what we can do about it. So for any questions to be covered on the show or suggested topics, how can you contact us? Well, on Instagram, we're at Kinda Sound. On Telegram, we've got a Telegram group. Feel free to join. It's t.me forward slash KS radio. And you can always email me direct, which is Catherine Edwards Life 17, that's one seven, at gmail.com. So on the last show, we had a beautiful, beautiful discussion with my friend, the holistic vet, Dr. Peter Tobias. And we talked about your dog's top three needs. And if you haven't listened to that show, please go back and take a listen, because this applies not only to dogs, but also to us, humans and any other animal in our life. But today we've got something so different and something I was so delighted that this guest agreed to come on the show, because this is a subject that affects each and every one of us. And some of you listening might not have experienced this yet so far, but the one thing we can guarantee is we will all go through this. So today we are going to be talking about grief and the body and how grief can affect us physically and why movement and releasing grief is so important. But before we dive deep into that, let me tell you about, about our fantastic guest today. So we are joined today by Tara Nash, who was formerly in the fashion business in London until she realized she couldn't run from her grief anymore. She decided to change everything in her life and moved to LA to study a master's in spiritual psychology. It was during this time, thousands of miles from home, that she finally confronted the death of her parents and her conscious grieving began. Tara's father died suddenly of a heart attack when she was nine and her mother died of breast cancer when she was 21. No therapist or coach ever attributed her struggles to grief. This inspired Tara to uncover the mysteries and misidentifications of grief. And she has a passion to share how sitting with the pain can lead to powerful transformation. Tara teaches grief yoga, kundalini yoga and breath work to help clients move through grief, move grief through their body. And she facilitates an amazing 11 week group course called the Conscious Grief Programme, where you have an opportunity to sit in community and learn about the grief process. Tara now lives back in London with her Tyra poodle, Kenny Rogers. So Tara, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Catherine. It's so lovely to see you again. It really is. Now, Tara and I met actually through dogs. Um, so I actually um, went and did a session with Tara's dog quite a few years ago. And I was completely blown away um, by what you do, Tara, and the message that you share uh, for so many different reasons. First and foremost, because I didn't even know that sort of someone with your skills even existed. And having gone through quite a lot of grief in my own personal life, but also working with clients who this has such a major impact on their life and, and actually talking about humans and animals in this, because obviously animals suffer grief as well. I was completely blown away, but I was also blown away by the fact that you actually recognized something that other people didn't recognize that was holding you back in life and you chose to completely change direction in your life 
and do something about it so you could not only help yourself and help others. Could we start by you just telling us about how that came into about and how this became a passion for you? Yeah, thank you. Um, <clears throat> I was, as I said in my bio, running a business in fashion and fashion was not something I ever really thought I desperately wanted to do while I was at school or university. It was something that I fell into. And now I look back, I see how it was a real form of escape, actually, because I think I always I'm so intrigued by the, you know, the deeper, darker things in life. And I've always had a sort of heart for helping other people. But I didn't, you know, back in my early 20s, I didn't know how that I didn't have enough life experience or, you know, at that time. So I was in fashion and I was always thinking, gosh, you know, this is all a bit ludicrous. These, how much money people are spending on all of these things. But um, my moon is in Taurus. So there is a part of me that likes the material and, and the finer things in life. But I, um, yeah, and then at 28, I set up my own business, having vowed, actually, that I would never have my own business because I grew up in a, in a family who had a family business. And a very different, I mean, that was a car, car dealership that my, my grandfather started. And it was always like, we were always talking about the family business and it, and, you know, what happened with my parents dying young. Sometimes I kept, would think, did that stress of running the business attribute to their early deaths? Anyway, I guess by the time I got to my late twenties, I started to repeat that. And I, I had a business selling secondhand designer clothes. So, you know, it's very, very current now, actually. I guess it's the most conscious form of uh, fashion business that we could could have done. Um, and it was successful and it was a lot of fun, but it just, I was, I was also having therapy at that time. So I was delving into a lot of things and I just felt that this fashion business was high stress and not in alignment and you know talking about as we're going to the body I was carrying a lot of weight actually at that time and sort of again sort of getting bigger and bigger with the stress and all of this unresolved grief and yet having to sell clothes to these teeny tiny women I mean <laughs> so it was getting more and more depressing really um and I started to become much more interested in this world of self-development therapy spiritual spirituality and I got a, to a bit of a crisis point actually and my sister said to me why don't you go and spend a few months away and maybe go to New York because I had a few friends that were moving there and I love New York I was kind of going quite regularly back then and at first I thought, my God, does she know what I do every day? You know, I can't just yeah. go and hang out in New York. And then I thought about it some more. And I had a, a really lovely group of girls working for me at that time. And it was summer. And I thought, well, maybe I, maybe I could and I can still work from there. And at first I thought, oh, I'd like to do sort of the first half in New York and the second half in L.A. In the end... The majority of the time was in New York and I sort of ended up going on this spiritual journey in Manhattan of all places 
going to Buddhist monasteries, going to a lot of talks and, you know, doing writing workshops, doing a course in miracle meetups wow. and, you know, really not stepping into any fashion shops or buying magazines. Oh, I, I met Amma, the Hugging Saint, which was very profound. I didn't know who she was. Somebody invited me. And uh, so this was a very pivotal time and then I went to New to LA at the end of that trip and I kept thinking you know when I was walking around thinking oh I'd love to spend more time in the US but how how would I make that happen because it's not easy to just go and live in another country and uh, I was actually doing a yoga class on Venice Beach and at the end I spoke to the teacher and I said to him oh I'm really con I'm really um interested in this concept of life coaching it's almost like everybody has had a therapist then graduates to a life coach and he said well you know this is the birthplace of of life coaching LA and I said yeah I'm really feeling drawn to kind of this sort of world and I feel like I'm at a crossroads in my life and this lady just randomly came up to me and she said hi you know I couldn't help overhearing your conversation I'm a life coach and if you would like to speak to me about how it is as a business like here's my phone number so I went home I called her and then we had a conversation and um, she told me she said I didn't train here but a lot of people I know did and this was despite the, the spiritual psychology master's program and so I looked it up online and I was like, oh, wow, that's everything I'm interested in. Like, why am I here? What is my purpose? Where do we go when we die? These are questions I've been thinking about since I was like 10 years old, truthfully. So I subscribed to the newsletter and really didn't think much more about it. I thought I'd love to do that one day. And... I got back to London and I had been thinking about another concept, actually, something, a restaurant concept that I wanted to create called Cafe Conscious. So I had been trying to um, trademark this name and there were some people contesting it. And uh, every time I'd get the, an email with some conscious in, you know, I think, oh, it's about the trademark. And then I'd go, oh, no, it's that university in California. And I thought, why am I thinking of setting up another business? I, I'm stressed out enough with this one I have. And I, I thought, maybe I, sh maybe I should be looking at that course in LA. So I started to research it and I, I applied. And at the beginning, I did, because it, it, was, um, it wasn't like a full-time program. So oh. I could go, I could travel back to continue running the fashion business until I actually sold it. And that was the beginning, you know, there was a bit of crossover doing both things at the same time. And then I was fully immersed in the spiritual psychology. That's amazing. And at, at which stage, obviously, you lost both your parents very young, which is so much for anyone to go through. So at this stage, when you were making that decision, how was grief playing out in your life, Tara? Well, it was still fairly unconscious at that time really as I had said I was in therapy I had been doing workshops and obviously you are going back into the childhood and, and those are traumas 
but nobody was really explaining grief and how it can impact us and I think unless the therapist has had a very specific experience of it themselves and it's quite a sort of short work you know module that they do in grief and it, at that time I was during the having the fashion business I and how going back into my childhood my addictive nature you know it was, all, it was always there through my 20s but at that time eating was really a big problem for yeah. me um binge eating and you know a lot of le- like self-worth issues a lot of even though I was running a successful business I never felt good enough you know a lot of self-worth problems coming up and relationships as well so yeah I've always in relationships struggle because I'm always thinking like how is this going to end and yes. catastrophizing all of the time and then sort of you know create the create the problem and the reality of like I have to run I have to leave before I get hurt things like that um and so when I went to study the spiritual psychology I was doing it as more of a career change and in the second year we had to choose a project of our choice we could do anything it was very open and you know when I sort of um, applied to do it I thought I'll do a business plan for this cafe conscious concept and actually by the time I got to the second year I thought I again I don't want to do a business plan actually um and one of the faculty staff members said I think you need to do something on the death of your father Mm. and I was really like oh what you know I I walked away thinking I wish I hadn't spoken to her actually and I thought she wants me to be like grieving and miserable for a year and then I I thought about it for a few days and and then I thought you know I actually always want to talk about death but you don't you just don't do that very much and maybe this could be a really interesting project actually. So I created a project around interviewing people about their experiences. And then it led me to actually reading books about grief, which I hadn't done. Mm -hmm. And I started to just think, oh my gosh, so much of my experience makes complete sense now. Like why didn't I think to do this before? And, And, but it also, it also was a time in my life where I was away from everything and everybody and in this very, you know, uh, container of love and support and ideas and inspiration. And I really started to sort of reconnect with my parents. Mm. And I had really sort of thought, gosh, this is a sad, sad part of my life and put my parents in a box and never really have photos of them around. And didn't want people to sort of feel sorry for me when I was in, you know, in my twenties and even through my childhood. And it was a chance for me to really think about them and reconnect with them. And I did reconnect with them as well through having a reading with a medium, you know, of which I've had many since, Mm. which was a profound, incredible experience. And, and that's, yeah, that's what I love to encourage people to do now not necessarily have a reading with a medium but to keep the connection keep the relationship 
going in some form you know we don't have to just put our people in a box and forget about them you know that have passed away wow there's so much in there Tara and I they already just in the story you shared so much there's so many synchronicities there where things came up and you could have dismissed them like sliding doors and gone a different way but there was a strong enough pull there for even though it wasn't something you particularly wanted to hear, you just didn't write it off. So for me, that's a really important lesson for people listening, because, you know, how often, whether you call it synchronicities, intuition, God winks, whatever you want to call it yourself, they're there, aren't they, the whole time, but sometimes we suppress them. So when you did this project at the end of the project was that when you really thought wow this is this is an area I really want to be working in seriously yes it was and and one of the other things I did in that year was I became a facilitator for grief groups and it was it's a charity in Los Angeles called Our House and they do uh, a very good training and you know for people like myself who became a facilitator and depending on and this is what I do a little bit with my groups as well they they will um th- bring people together who've had the same loss mm. so at that time I was doing spouse loss group or it will be child loss or it'll be suicide bereavement so it's very specific and and then there was many different exercises that we would do with the groups and I just found this to be the most amazing thing and I really loved doing it and and that's what I say to people and it's a funny one because the subject of death and grieving ended up really lighting me up and Mm. I felt this you know passion that this is what I wanted to do and also that these most profound stories and circumstances in our lives you know when I started to interview people I I put a thing on my Facebook page saying, would you be willing to talk to me about your own grief and bereavement? And it was incredible because people t- said to me, I've never spoken to anybody about this. And I it's so rare that I get the opportunity to share these stories. And you think, wow, these are the most profound, important things that have happened to you. And yet in our culture and in our day-to-day lives, we don't have the opportunity to talk about them. And also they are very personal. So you know, there's not everybody that you want to talk to about them, but in a very, um, I guess, in the circumstances that I was doing it and that people were so grateful to have this time to to talk about their loved ones who'd passed away, some of them many, many, many years ago. And you think, gosh, it's incredible that that it's such a rare thing for so many people. That's so, so important, Tara. And I'm, I want to come back and ask you more about that. But let's have a break now for our first song. Um, and the reason we like to ask people to choose songs because it really music is such a vibrational match to us and it it can really take us somewhere really quickly so let us tell us what is the first song you've chosen and who's singing it the first song I've chosen is The Gambler by Kenny Rogers and as you uh, heard earlier my little puppy's called Kenny Rogers and the reason for that is that was one of my dad's favorite artists and we listened to The Gambler throughout our childhood and it's always 
a song that I put on at parties and we have a good sing along and sometimes a good cry. So this is the first song, a memory of my dad. That's absolutely beautiful. Let's take a break and listen to that. We'll be back soon. So welcome back to us at Kinder Sound Radio and you're listening to the Holistic Biologist um, show with my lovely guest, Tara Nash. And we are talking about grief today, grief, the body, how to deal with it and how it can affect us physically and why movement is so important in releasing grief. So we've just listened to Kenny Rogers. You've explained a bit that this is one of your dad's favourite songs. Um, what emotions does this bring up to you when you listen to this, Tara? I, truthfully, I always think about, oh, you know, if my I, I wish my dad was here. I wish we could sit around drinking whiskey together and talking yeah. about life being a game and and how we approach it. And yeah, just that longing to have known my dad and his personality. And, you know, sometimes I think maybe we wouldn't have got along, you know, who knows? But um yeah it just makes me think about how how things might have been if he was still here yeah that's a lot thank you so much for sharing that with us so before the break we were talking about your journey your really inspiring journey about how you'd listen to those synchronicities that come up into your life and just of exploring and how transformational that was so talk us through you then changing careers completely and setting up talk us through what you do now and how that transition happened for you Tara so yes so now I end up ended up calling my work conscious grief and the reason behind that is I was very unconscious around the experience of my grief for so long and obviously I was kind of interested in the word conscious with the other idea as well and I really um, started to get going in the pandemic. And during that time, obviously we had everything online and I, I decided that I would start to facilitate my own groups mm. um, through using Zoom. And over time, I, I always prefer to use, have less people in a group because personally, if I'm in a big group, I find it quite intimidating to share. Yeah. Um, so I limit my groups to the to five people. And the groups are an hour and 15 minutes long, and we we sit together for 11 weeks. So that that's the, the groups that I do. And each each week I introduce a different topic relating to grief so it's like a little bit of education and then we open it up for sharing and in that 11 weeks I one session will be a grief yoga session and one will be a breathwork session and I teach those classes as well throughout the week and I also teach kundalini yoga which um, you know I, I'm a real advocate of all kinds of yoga and then I also do one-to-one -one work as well, coaching with my clients. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a hybrid of different of different ways that I work with people. Obviously, some people prefer to to just do one-on-one. -on -one. Some people do a mixture of both. And yeah. and uh, yes, the yoga piece 
for me personally as well was it was uh, very important in my own grieving process which is why I like to share that with other people I love that and it's not an approach that you hear enough of and I'm such an advocate of um, that our body's always talking to us it's holding the clues it's giving the feedback and it will get more and more extreme in their feedback and movement is so important about um about releasing things and all sorts of stuff we know the physical side about getting your lymphatic system moving and getting toxins and also with animals I've got my dogs behind me on the sofa you know with animals they'll shake things off very quickly they'll get that movement going so can you explain to the listeners Tara why movement this is such a passion for you and how can this help in the grease process for us to get that out of the body I think one of the places where the passion started was looking at my mother's experience because mm. my father died in 1990 you know which is like another world <laughs> back then and her way of dealing with it was to just stay very busy and keep marching forward and she never she was always very very good at looking after herself in terms of diet and exercise so she was a healthy person, um, but she it was all about how she looked, really, on the outside, apart as opposed to what was really happening on the inside. And after my father died, she got married, then she got divorced, which was, it was a really difficult marriage and divorce. And then we had to sell the family business, which was a huge grief, because that had been in the family for many years. And then she got breast cancer. And I was always, you know, as we do through grief, like, why did that happen? What could have caused it? What could we have done to have stopped it or changed it? And, you know, in the back of Louise Hayes' book, The List, when you look up breast problems, it the metaphysical interpretation of that is lack of nurturance. Mm. And, yeah, my mum didn't take a lot of time I think to really nurture herself and her grief and I think that all builds up in the body and that that can really those toxins of negative and difficult emotions can build up and create illness and cancer so that was you know something that I always thought about an, an awful lot um and for me personally as well, I guess I sort of did repeat things like my mum did a lot. You know, I was also always wanting to be thin. And one of the things I did, even though I absolutely hate it, was um, ran a marathon. Wow. And another one. I mean, that was like self-flagellation. Didn't help with any weight loss whatsoever. But again, it's all this sort of like beating yourself almost. And... The difference with, you know, yoga is it is it's an inward experience. Yes, you are doing physical movement as well, but it's it's about becoming in union with yourself and creating this balance between your mind, your body and your soul. And it helped to create this much calmer voice within and a much more compassionate and caring voice within and sometimes I say to people in my groups you know if there's one thing that grief can shift in you you know it's really the relationship with your self-care mm. because may a lot of us are not making time 
for ourselves you know we're not placing enough emphasis on the importance of like how we're really relating to ourselves as well as your internal voice like this really harsh inner critic you know which mine was horrible for, for years and years and years or or have you can you cultivate a compassionate and loving voice within because again there's voices in our heads will create illness uh, you know yeah uh, that's uh, there's so much to unpick there for people listening and for myself now I have been lucky enough to speak to Yvette Rose who's written Metaphysical Anatomy and she I don't do you know Yvette's work oh she's absolutely incredible I'll have to send you some of the interviews this woman is incredible at releasing trapped emotions in the body and of course wonderful Louise Hay I refer to that all the time the little list in that you can heal your body I've got the book in fact how synchronous is that look what I've got there right on my bookshelf and I have got the metaphysical anatomy but I've got a plant on it as well so these are brilliant tools for people and we'll put the links there for people but these trapped emotions is so, so important. And what I love about what you offer, and why I was so excited when I found out about what you do, Tawa, is because you're giving that outlet for people in different forms so they can talk it through, they can listen, but also they can move it so that we're not getting, we're sort of almost unplugging all those areas where this grief can get trapped for them, whether it's mentally, physically, both. Um, talk us through some of the experiences that you've noticed for yourself. I mean, how has this process going through that transformed you and your outlook on life and have other people notice? That's a good question. Um, I think, like I was saying, you know, the yoga and really helping me be more loving and kind to myself, you know, inner, inner child meditations really helped with that as well because I just was always fighting with myself, always, you know, not not kind and compassionate to myself at all. And and the yoga as well, I, I feel, I did a Hatha Vinyasa teacher training in India, and then I did Kundalini in LA. It's quite a big community in Los Angeles. And, it, and I mean, honestly, the first class I went to, I thought, my God, what is this, you know? Isn't I do not. want you to explain what Kundalini yoga is for people that don't know. It's yeah. uh, it's a it's quite a different type of yoga to what we're what we normally think of yoga, which is holding balancing postures for longer periods of time and you know doing quite difficult inversions. Whereas Kundalini is more short, repetitive movements. There's quite a lot of breath work in it. Mm. They use um, lots of chanting and mantras. When, you know, you go to a class, often the teacher might be wearing a dress or a turban, you know, it's not like everybody's wearing tight black yoga gear. So it was a bit like, oh, gosh, this is weird. Um, but then there was, it, you know, kept sort of coming back. And then when I did the teacher training, it was just like this. I mean, I can't tell you how much I cried. I literally sobbed and sobbed and sobbed throughout the whole training and it tapped into deeper layers of grief and I my body has physically changed I mean through through yoga through calming my central nervous system you know I don't have that um lack of control around food that I used to have you know that was a real battle for me for for many many years and 
I'm, you know, I'm just a, a much, much more calm, grounded person. And I, I do owe a lot of that to talk therapy and, and the yoga practice, in all honesty. Yeah. And it's a Kundalini Tara. It's about, um, I don't know a lot about it because I've never done it. But um, for what I have seen, isn't it about shifting the energy from your body anyway? The kundalini so it's yes it's the kundalini energy which is sort of like a ser the serpent energy that goes through your spine yeah. and around chakra and it is called the yoga of awakening actually and they do say that it's you sort of fast track awakening through this yoga it was the sort of heart like the yoga for the the highest like the raj is the sort of the most royal people and it was the secret kind of yoga for, for many years. And it was Yogi Bhajan who brought it to California. And that's why there's a bigger community there. Um, mm. Yeah. So I like it because it's a very spiritual practice. And I guess so yeah. much of it now here is made into an exercise class. Um, and and the, the postures are much more, um, it's for all types of body shapes and it's much more accessible, I would say, actually, than than sometimes her Hatha Vinyasa class, which can be impossible for some people. Yeah, I love it. And I love the fact that this is what I always encourage people to try different things and see what resonates with you, because you're going to resonate with different things at different periods of your life, aren't you? So um, I wanted to come on to next, Tara, about if someone's listening to this and, you know, they're they're they've been through grief but they're at that stage if they're just getting on they're coping with it they've been told that you know everyone has to go through this let you know I lost my father um you know I'm in my 50s it's not like I lost my father when I was a child you know so this happens it's normal get on with it um what is some of your advice you'd say to those people if they really haven't processed their grief yet I really want people to understand how important this is for them yeah, and there is never, like, we never know when the grief's going to surface because, you know, you, somebody might die and you think you're absolutely fine for a few years and you might be like, yes, this is the normal order, order of life. And then you realize that you're just, you know, eating all the time, you know, or you can't sleep or you've got backache or, you know, and it may, the grief may manifest years and years and years afterwards. Because sometimes we are, we do have too much going on in our lives, you know, children to look after, jobs to do, and there's not the space to, to feel the grief. And so for me, I kept thinking, oh, my parents died years ago. My issues aren't my parents, you know, can't be that because that happened a long time ago. It was like, no, there's like a ton of grief here that's been repressed, that's desperate to be felt and processed and moved through because we can put a lid on it for so long but it will be waiting for us at some point and it, it feels like this really nebulous terrifying thing to feel it so we constantly pour another glass of wine or you know check yes. out all kinds of acting out behaviors with which there are so many um but actually find somebody to you know, if this is something you feel that is bubbling up inside of you and you're afraid that if you feel it, you're going to fall apart, you're afraid that if you start crying, you're never, ever going to stop. Like, those are very normal things to 
feel worried about. But the truth uh, is, once you, if you do find somebody that you want to work with in terms of a therapist or a coach, or you do a breathwork session and, you know, all this emotion comes flooding to you, like let it just allow it to move through you and it won't last forever. And it is probably a really important thing to work with somebody so you really understand, you know, what it is you're moving through. And addictive, you know, a lot, a lot of addiction, I think, is a lot of repressed emotions. And, and we want to repress pain and sadness because, because it doesn't feel good to us. A lot of other people don't want us to see us in pain and sadness. A lot of people don't know how to hold the space for those emotions you know there's a lot of pressure for us to be okay all the time you know or happy or on good form and and there's that's not the way life is we have a whole range of feelings I mean my I was in numbness in all honesty for a lot of a lot of years and that didn't make me feel good either you know I was sort of not really fully in, involved in life so I couldn't feel the range of excitement and surprise and happiness um so I'd much rather be able be in touch with my feelings and the pain so that I'm really able to enjoy the good feelings as well because we can't choose which feelings you know we we lower the volume on we have we lower the volume on all of them that's such good advice and you know I'm really taking this all in and thinking I really would love to do your course actually which we'll come on to in the last section but I think um, you know you and I are both from the UK and we have this sort of stiff upper lip you know don't talk about problems get on with it don't moan about things and also Tara I wanted to ask you because in the spiritual community you know I'm a huge fan of gratitude but there's also this thing of spiritual bypassing and it's a fine line when you're learning these things and going through and exploring different parts of yourself and trying to make sense of the world to understand, you know, OK, what's suppression? What can I let out? How does that fix with manifestation, gratitude, all these other things? And that's why I love breathwork, because when you teach people breathwork, it's something they can apply wherever and whenever in their life as and when you need it. Can you just explain a little bit more about your approach to the breath work and how you work with people? Yeah, I teach um, something called revelation breath work, which is a um, a very simple breath that you sit, you repeat over and over and over again. And you're laying down on your back and then there's a, you know, it builds up to a playlist. So you try and continue with this breath until one song, which they call the primal scream song and that's where you can have a big release you know scream or cry or or see what comes forward and then you go back into the two-step active breathing for another couple of songs until it's finished and obviously what you're 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 breathing actually all through the mouth and so you're taking in a lot more um, oxygen than you normally would do. And what that is doing is it's um, it's actually alkalizing the, the blood. And you, a lot of the time you do start to feel quite a lot of uh, tingling sensations and in your face. And actually it's a detoxing um, scenario, even though it can feel quite uncomfortable. But it's also like a deep meditation that you go to. and therefore you're you can you know start to have uh, downloads 
you know, or memories come back and it's an opportunity again to like let them out, let them release them. And again, because it's this controlled environment where you know that you can have this big carnal scream, yeah. cry. And I think in some ways doing it on Zoom is even better than doing it in a room full of people because in my experience, it's qu quite a lot to hear other people's um release and so it's quite nice to just do it on your own bed with zoom and allow yourself to just have a massive scream and a massive cry and as adults we don't think we should be having a tantrum you know yeah. and and uh, that in the grief yoga that I teach actually there is even a posture which is a tantrum and you know there's there's you talked to earlier about the shaking mm. you know animals and there is uh both in kundalini there are shaking postures and the grief yoga as well to encourage people to just shake that stress off there's a there's a posture in the grief yoga where you can literally go why 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 me you know and again that can bring up anger there's quite a lot of mm. um postures in the grief yoga of like punching out and you know what are the things that you wish were different and and really like doing these postures to push them, you know, pull them and push them behind you and let them go and things like that. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, let's take a break. And I would like to, you to introduce to everyone your second song, Tara. Okay, well, this is a real 80s song. I don't know if it's even that well known, but I used to love the movie Footloose. Oh, me too. Yes. <laughs> We had a pirate video of um, Footloose and my sisters would always say, don't watch it too much because it will be destroyed, you know, and I'd always put it on and watch it. And I just love this song, Let's Hear It For The Boy by Denise Williams, because it just, I don't know, it just reminds me of good times and it uplifts me and it's, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. So everyone get your dancing shoes on, shake it out and we will be back very soon. Thanks. I just wanted to say that today's episode is sponsored by ASEA redox signaling molecules. Now, it comes in two forms, the liquid and the gel, plus there's a huge other product range for us. Um, but why did I start taking ASEA and why is it now an integral part of something that my whole family, both four-legged and two-legged, take every single day? Plus also something that all the clients I work with, again, four-legged and two-legged, it's number one on my priority list. Well, part of what I do, what I'm passionate about is understanding the challenges that are affecting each and every one of us in today's modern living. Um, the more you know, the more sometimes you wish you didn't know, but the pollution in the air, in the water, in the food, um, the control of our minds, the propaganda. But one of the things that we can do is take back responsibility for our own health. Now, every single cell of our body, whether we're an animal, whether we're one of the dogs in the backgrounds or one of my plants, contain these redox signaling molecules. And cellular health and cellular communication is absolutely key, whether you want to get your body back in balance, whether you want to reverse the aging process, whether you want to address any particular challenges that you've got physically, emotionally, it all starts with healthy cells. If your liver cells are healthy, your liver's healthy. If your brain cells are healthy, your brain's healthy. But just like a mobile phone, most of us have got mobile phones that we 
we use on a routine basis now but that mobile phone regardless of whether you've got the latest model is completely useless without a signal so what does this technology do um the the gel is something that you can apply topically over particular areas of concern whether you want your skin to look better whether you've got cellulite whether you've got an area that's causing you a challenge the liquid is something you drink each and every day to top up what should be in your cells anyway, but when our bodies are stressed, diseased, challenged, or as we age, we make less of them. So personally, I wouldn't be without a tip. My sleep's better, my energy levels are better, my mood's better, my mobility's better. If you want to find out more, the details are below, but I'm so grateful that this came into my life and I'm so grateful I can share it with others. I hope you love it as much as I do. Let me know. So welcome back to the Holistic Biology Show on um, Candice Sound Radio. And we have just been having an amazing discussion about grief, about how it affects us all. And very importantly, about how important movement is in terms of releasing that grief. And I have got Tara Nash here, who is a specialist in managing grief, in really helping people move through it. And we've covered so many tips in the first two parts of this interview. Thank you so much, Tara. Um, now, for this last bit of the interview, I'd really love to know, what are some of the tips? If someone's listening to this now and they're, they're, they've they got that realisation that they have been suppressing their grief or they haven't had the support, because obviously during covid has been an absolute whatever people think of of the pandemic it's been a terrible time for people not having access to the support they need so can we cover first and foremost what could people start doing now to help them and then we'll go into how they can work with you yeah sure and also another thing i'd just like to share about grief is that it's not just a person dying that creates grief you know there is grief in so many aspects of life and it could be a relationship that you've broken up from it could be moving country it could it could be losing a job you know there's so many different ways grief can manifest so if you feel like there is something there inside of you that you need to process and release I would say find a community as well so like look on Facebook or depending on what sort of grief that you are you are processing that find other people and Instagram you know there's so many amazing Instagram accounts so that you realize that you're not alone because it can be a very isolating experience and you we're all so similar more than we think aren't we so I think finding community is really key I'm a huge fan of journaling um, I've always written in journals. So if you find yourself uh, looping thoughts, for example, at night, you can't sleep. Just write down everything that's going on in your head and remember this is only for you and it doesn't need to make sense. And it's just like what we call free form writing. And you'll just be amazed how just getting it all out onto the page, you know, you may just then be able to sleep because you've released something, you've released something on onto the page. Um, and then lastly, really the self-care piece, thinking about how you can take care of yourself while you're in the pain. And I'm a huge fan of having a good wallow, you know, and sitting in front of the TV and watching things like Footloose and eating ice cream and not washing your hair and but you know allow yourself that space allow yourself to be in that victim place I think it's really important like you said we don't want to bypass these difficult emotions but 
also have a have a, t a cap on that okay i'm gonna let myself let myself go for a bit but then i'm going to get a plan in place for how i'm going to take care of myself and that might require you to get help mm. you know that might require you to to ask for help that can be a hard thing to do in itself that could be one step in a self-care plan it could be take a walk in nature it could be find a yoga class nearby and really think about how you're going to take care of you because grief is not just an emotional thing it is a physical thing a spiritual thing a you know emotional mental thing so you need to think about how you're going to take care of yourself I love it I love it um, one thing that I've certainly found difficult in my life, Tara, is when someone that you love is going through grief, um, sometimes it's really hard for people to know how to help that person and ask. And, you know, that we've got the typical British approach we might be just not don't mention it don't mention it and it will go away um we've got other people that will keep asking how are you doing how are you doing and that I know certainly someone who's going through grief at the moment and they're just saying that's so hard because you just want to scream and say I'm really not coping at all I'm not this but most people when they ask how you're doing they want to hear you say I'm fine so for those people that have got a friend or a loved one going through grief are there any tips about how to broach the subject Tara? Well, it is difficult because grievers are a tricky, tricky bunch and we're all unique. And so one thing might feel helpful to me and another thing might be very triggering for you. Um, I think the main thing is to keep checking in with that person and know that you're there. And even in early stages of acute grief, you know, saying to people, is there anything I can do? But then they don't even know you know so I think just making sure that they know that you are there and maybe suggesting would you like to go for a walk or bringing food over um just so people know that they're not forgotten about and I think even those like it happens a lot after a year you know after somebody's died everybody feels like oh everyone then carries back on as usual so Maybe if there's a friend that you know who had a parent that died or a spouse that died maybe a year or two years ago, it might be a nice thing to check in with them and just say, you know, how are you doing with your grief? Like, I haven't forgotten. I know this doesn't just go away. And and have that sort of awareness about it. Because there is a lot of people are like, are you not over it yet? Oh, you know, so because much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, in our emotions. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I love it. Such good advice. You know, we, we have to talk about it. And, you know, I would also add to that. Don't take it personally if the person reacts in some way that, you know, is tricky because they're, they're just sometimes reaching out for help. So I really want people to be clear now, Tara, how they can work with you. So you've got your series that I know you've just started one. So you've got your is it 11 week series. So that will start again. Yeah. In the spring, is it? Yes, so that's the Conscious Grief Programme, the 11-week group. They'll be starting again in spring, in March. Okay. Then if you're interested in one-to-one -one support, the best thing is to go onto my website and um, send me a message through that. I'm also on Instagram. Tell people is... how what your website, because I know we'll put the links below, but if someone is listening to this, they might remember. So what's your website and what are you on Instagram, Tara? So my website is tara-nash.com, tara-nash.com. And my Instagram is tara 
underscore Nash underscore Seeker, S-E-E-K-E-R. Yeah. Lovely. So they can reach out and just have an informal chat initially to see whether you're a good fit? Yes, exactly. We can set up a discovery call. I can tell them more about how I work with people. That's a complimentary call. And then we can take it from there. I absolutely love that. And you provide so many resources because you also do a community call, don't you, Tara? I do. I do something called Tea with Tara, which is every third Wednesday of the month. And that's at 6 p.m. UK time. This week or this month, our theme is actually the acting out behaviours that we talked about, eating, drinking, shopping, things like that. You know, why why we do them when we're grieving more extreme and, you know, what we can do to to correct them if they're very unhealthy acting out behaviours. But each each month we have a different theme and it's very informal. You don't have to have your camera on and share if you don't want to, if you're just curious and you want to hear a little bit more and learn and sit in community. So that's Tea with Tara, 6 p.m. on the third Wednesday of every month. I absolutely love it. And I love, I'm I'm really grateful that you offer so many resources for people because for me, I think this is something that I see come up with people all the time, with people that I'm working with, where so many physical, emotional issues can manifest through unresolved grief. I, as you say, that grief can be from many, many different causes, not just from death. So, you know, if you feel you've got those trapped emotions in you, please, please reach out to Tara because it can literally transform your life and very importantly transform the life of your loved ones as well because it's really really hard for everyone involved when this isn't processed um tara thank you so much for your time today everyone listening all tara's links will be below you can reach out to us on social media as well at kinder sound to get the contact details for any of the guests so thank you so much to everyone for tuning in to the Holistic Biologist Show. Tara, you've been amazing. What you do is amazing and so, so needed. And for everyone, if you haven't watched this live, please do share it with people. Um, connect in at kindersound.org forward slash podcast or look up the Holistic Biologist or the Live, Love, Learn podcast on your podcast platform. Thank you, Tara. Really thank appreciate you so your time. Much. I've loved being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.